Sailfish, the Atlantic Brother to the Pacific Swordfish, from Tales of Fishes by Zane Grey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In the winter of 1916, I persuaded Captain Sam Johnson, otherwise famous as Horse Mackerel Sam of Seabright, New Jersey, to go to Long Key with me and see if the two of us as a team could not outwit those elusive and strange sailfish of the Gulf Stream. Sam and I have had many adventures going down to sea. At Seabright, we used to launch a Seabright skiff in the gray gloom of early morning and shoot the surf and return shoreward in the afternoon to ride a great swell clear till it broke on the sand. When I think of Sam, I think of tuna, those torpedoes of the ocean. I have caught many tuna with Sam, and hooked big ones, but these giants are still roving the blue deeps. Once I hooked a tuna off Sandy Hook, out in the channel, and as I was playing him, the Lusitania bore down the channel. Like a mountain she loomed over us. I felt like an atom looking up and up. Passengers waved down to us as the tuna bent my rod. The great ship passed on in a seething roar, passed on to her tragic fate. We rode the heavy swells she lifted, and my tuna got away. Sam Johnson is from Norway. His ancestors lived by fishing. Sam knows and loves the sea. He has been a sailor before the mast, but he is more fisherman than sailor. He is a stalwart man with an iron, stern, weather-beaten face and keen blue eyes, and he has an arm like the branch of an oak. For many years he has been a market fisherman at Seabright, where on off days he pursued the horse mackerel for the fun of it, and which earned him his name. Better than any man I ever met, Sam knows the sea. He knows fish, he knows boats and engines, and I have reached a time in my experience of fishing where I want that kind of a boatman. Sam and I went after sailfish at Long Key, and we got them. But I do not consider the experience conclusive. If it had not been for my hard-earned knowledge of the Pacific swordfish, and for Sam's keenness on the sea, we would not have been so fortunate. We established the record, but what is more important, we showed what magnificent sport is possible. This event added much to the attractiveness of Long Key for me, and Long Key was attractive enough before. Sailfish had been caught occasionally at Long Key during every season, but I am inclined to believe that in most instances the capture of sailfish had been accident, mere fisherman's luck. Anglers have fished along the reef and inside, trolling with heavy tackle for anything that might strike, and once in a while a sailfish has somehow hooked himself. Mr. Shutt tells of hooking one on a Wilson spoon, and I know of another angler who had this happen. I know of one gentleman who told me he hooked a fish that he supposed was a barracuda, and while he was fighting this supposed barracuda, he was interested in the leaping of a sailfish near his boat. His boatman importuned him to hurry in the barracuda so there would be a chance to go after the leaping sailfish, but it turned out that the sailfish was on his hook. Another angler went out with heavy rod, the great B. Ocean Reel and two big hooks, which is an outfit suitable only for large tuna or swordfish, and this fellow hooked a sailfish which had no chance and was dead in less than ten minutes. A party of anglers were out on the reef, fishing for anything, and they decided to take a turn outside where I had been spending days after sailfish. Scarcely had these men left the reef when five sailfish loomed up and all of them, with that perversity and capriciousness which makes fish so incomprehensible, 
tried to climb on board the boat. One, a heavy fish, did succeed in hooking himself and getting aboard. I could multiply events of this nature, but this is enough to illustrate my point, that there is a vast difference between several fishermen out of thousands bringing in several sailfish in one season, and one fisherman deliberately going after sailfish with light tackle and eventually getting them. It is not easy, on the contrary, it is extremely hard. It takes infinite patience, and very much has to be learned that can be learned only by experience, but it is magnificent sport and worth any effort. It makes tarpon fishing tame by comparison. Tarpon fishing is easy. Anybody can catch a tarpon by going after him. But not every fisherman can catch a sailfish. One fisherman out of a hundred will get his sailfish, but only one out of a thousand will experience the wonder and thrill and beauty of the sport. Sailfishing is really sword-fishing, and herein lies the secret of my success at Long Key. I am not satisfied that the sailfish I caught were all marlin and brothers to the Pacific marlin. The Atlantic fish are very much smaller than those of the Pacific, and are differently marked and built. Yet they are near enough alike to be brothers. There are three species that I know of in southern waters. The Histiophorus, the sailfish about which I am writing, and of which descriptions follow. There is another species, Tetrapterus albidus, which is not uncommon in the Gulf Stream. It is my impression that this species is larger. The Indians, with whom I fished in the Caribbean, tell of a great swordfish, in Spanish the Aguja de Casta, and this species must be related to Xiphias, the magnificent flat-billed swordfish of the Atlantic and Pacific. The morning of my greatest day with sailfish I was out in the Gulf Stream, seven miles offshore, before the other fishermen had gotten out of bed. We saw the sun rise ruddy and bright out of the eastern sea, and we saw sailfish leap as if to welcome the rising of the Lord of Day. A dark, glancing ripple wavered over the water. There was just enough swell to make seeing fish easy. I was using a rod that weighed nine ounces overall, and twelve hundred feet of fifteen-thread line. I was not satisfied, then, that the regular light outfit of the tuna club, such as I used at Avalon, would do for sailfish. Number nine breaks of its own weight, and I have had a sailfish run off three hundred yards of line and jump all the time he was doing it. Besides, nobody knows how large these sailfish grow. I had hold of one that would certainly have broken my line if he had not thrown the hook. On this memorable day I had scarcely trolled half a mile out into the stream before I felt that inexplicable rap at my bait which swordfish and sailfish make with their bills. I jumped up and got ready. I saw a long bronze shape back of my bait. Then I saw and felt him take hold. He certainly did not encounter the slightest resistance in running out my line. He swam off slowly. I never had Sam throw out the clutch and stop the boat until after I had hooked the fish. I wanted the boat to keep moving, so if I did get a chance to strike at a fish, it would be with a tight line. These sailfish are wary, and this procedure is difficult. If the fish had run off swiftly, I would have struck sooner. Everything depends on how he takes the bait. This fellow took fifty feet of line before I hooked him. He came up at once, and with two-thirds of his body out of the water, he began to skitter toward us. He looked silver and bronze in the morning light. There was excitement on board. Sam threw out the clutch. My companions dove for the cameras, and we all yelled. The sailfish came skittering toward us. It was a spectacular and thrilling sight. 
he was not powerful enough to rise clear on his tail and do the famous trick of the pacific swordfish walking on the water but he gave a mighty good imitation then before the cameras got in a snap he went down and he ran to come up far astern and begin to leap i threw off the drag and yelled go this was pleasant for sam who kept repeating look at him yump the sailfish evidently wanted to pose for pictures for he gave a wonderful exhibition of high and lofty tumbling with the result of course that he quickly exhausted himself then came a short period during which he sounded and i slowly worked him closer presently he swam toward the boat the old swordfish trick i never liked it but with the sailfish i at least was not nervous about him attacking the boat let me add here that this freedom from dread which is never absent during the fighting of a big swordfish is one of the features so attractive in sailfishing besides fish that have been hooked for any length of time if they are going to shake or break loose always do so near the boat we moved away from this fellow and presently he came up again and leaped three more times clear making nineteen leaps in all that about finished his performance so regretfully i led him alongside and sam who had profited by our other days of landing sailfish took him cautiously by the sword and then by the gills and slid him into the boat sailfish are never alike except in general outline this one was silver and bronze with green bars rather faint and a dark blue sail without any spots he measured seven feet one inch but we measured his quality by his leaps and nineteen gave him the record for us so far we stowed him up in the bow and got under way again and scarcely had i let my bait far enough astern when a sailfish had it in fact he rushed it quick as i was which was as quick as a flash i was not quick enough for that fish he felt the hook and he went away but he had been there long enough to get my bait just then sam pointed i saw a sailfish break water a hundred yards away look at him yump repeated sam every time the fish came out which to be exact was five times we'll go over and pick him up i said sam and i always argue a little about the exact spot where a fish has broken water i never missed it far but sam seldom missed it at all he could tell by a slight foam always left by the break we had two baits out as one or another of my companions always holds a rod the more baits out the better we had two vicious smashing strikes at the same time the fish on the other rod let go just as i hooked mine he came up beautifully throwing the spray glinting in the sun an angry fish with sail spread and his fins going then on the boat was the same old thrilling bustle and excitement and hilarity i knew so well and which always pleased me so much the sailfish was a jumper look at him yump exclaimed sam with as much glee as if he had not seen it before the cameras got busy then i was attracted by something flashing in the water nearer the boat than my fish suddenly a sailfish leaped straight away over my line then two leaped at once both directly over my line sam they'll cut my line i cried what do you think of that suddenly i saw sharp dark curved tails cutting the water all was excitement on board that boat then a school of sailfish look look i yelled i counted ten tails but they were more than that and if i had been quicker i could have counted more presently they went down and i returning to the earth and the business of fishing discovered that during the excitement my sailfish had taken advantage of a perfectly loose line to free himself nine leaps we recorded him 
assuredly we all felt that there would be no difficulty in soon hooking up with another sailfish and precisely three minutes later i was standing up leaning forward all a quiver watching my line fly off the reel i hooked that fellow hard he was heavy and he did not come up or take off any length of line settling down slowly he descended three or four hundred feet or so it seemed and began to plug very much like an albacore only much heavier he fooled around down there for ten minutes with me jerking at him all the time to irritate him before he showed any sign of rising at last i worried him into a fighting mood and up he came so fast that i did not even try to take up the slack and he shot straight up this jump like that of a kingfish was wonderful but it was so quick that the cameras could not cover it and we missed a great picture he went down only to leap again i reeled in the slack line and began to jerk at him to torment him and i got him to jumping and threshing right near the boat the sun was in the faces of the cameras and that was bad and as it turned out not one of these exposures was good what a chance missed but we did not know that then and we kept on tormenting him and snapping pictures of his leaps in this way which was not careless but deliberate i played with him until he shook out the hook fifteen leaps was his record then it was interesting to see how soon i could raise another fish i was on the qui vive for a while then settled back to the old expectant watchfulness and presently i was rewarded by that vibrating rap at my bait i stood up so the better to see the swells were just right and the sun was over my shoulder i spied the long dark shape back of my bait saw it slide up and strike felt the sharp rap and again then came the gentle tug i let out line but he let go still i could see him plainly when the swell was right I began to jerk my bait to give it a jumping motion, as I had so often done with flying fish bait when after swordfish. He sheared off, then turned with a rush, broadside on, with his sail up. I saw him clearly, his whole length, and he appeared blue and green and silver. He took the bait and turned away from me, and when I struck the hook into his jaw, I felt that it would stay. He was not a jumper, only breaking clear twice. I could not make him leap. He fought hard enough, however, and with that tackle took thirty minutes to land. It was eight o'clock. I had two sailfish in the boat and had fought two besides, and at that time I sighted the first fishing boat coming out toward the reef. Before that boat got out near us I had struck and lost three more sailfish, with eleven leaps in all to my credit. This boatman had followed Sam and me the day before, and he appeared to be bent upon repeating himself. I thought I would rather enjoy that, because he had two inexperienced anglers aboard, and they, in the midst of a school of striking sailfish, would be sure to afford some fun. Three other boats came out across the reef, ventured a little way in the Gulf Stream, and then went back to Grouper and Barracuda. But that one boatman, B, stuck to us, and right away things began to happen to his anglers. No one so lucky in strikes as a green hand. I saw them get nine strikes without hooking a fish, and there appeared to be a turmoil on board that boat. I saw B tearing his hair and the fishermen frantically jerking, and then waving rods and arms. Much as I enjoyed it, Sam enjoyed it more, but I was not mean enough to begrudge them a fish, and believed that sooner or later they would catch one. Presently, when B's boat was just right for his anglers to see everything my way, I felt a tug on my line. I leaped up, let the reel run then i threw on my drag and leaned over to strike but he let go quickly i threw off the drag the sailfish came back another tug i let him run 
then threw on the drag and got ready, but no, he let go. Again I threw off the drag, and again he came back. He was hungry, but he was cunning, too, and too far back for me to see. I let him run fifty feet, threw on the drag, and struck hard. No go. I missed him. But again I threw off the drag, let out more line back to him, and he took the bait the fourth time, and harder than ever. I let him run perhaps a hundred feet. All the time, of course, my boat was running. I had out a long line, two hundred yards. Then I threw on the drag and almost cracked the rod. This time I actually felt the hook go in. How heavy and fast he was. The line slipped off and I was afraid of the drag. I threw it off, no easy matter with that weight on it. And then the line whistled. The sailfish was running straight toward B's boat and, I calculated, should be close to it. Sam, I yelled, watch him. If he jumps, he'll jump into that boat. Then he came out, the biggest sailfish I ever saw, and he leaped magnificently, not twenty yards back of the boat. He must have been beyond the lines of the trolling anglers. I expected him to cross them or cut himself loose. We yelled to B to steer off, and while we yelled, the big sailfish leaped and leaped, apparently keeping just as close to the boat. He certainly was right upon it, and he was a savage leaper. He would shoot up, wag his head, his tail spread like the ears of a mad elephant, and would turn clear over to alight with a smack and splash that we plainly heard, and he had out nine hundred feet of line. Because of his size I wanted him badly, but, badly as that was, I fought him without a drag, let him run and leap, and I hoped he would jump right into the boat. Afterward these anglers told me they expected him to do just that, and were scared to death. Also, they said, a close sight of him leaping was beautiful and thrilling in the extreme. I did not keep track of all this sailfish's leaps, but Sam recorded twenty-three, and that is enough for any fisherman. I venture to state that it will not be beaten very soon. When he stopped leaping, we drew him away from the other boat and settled down to a hard fight with a heavy, stubborn game fish. In perhaps half an hour, I had him twenty yards away, and there he stayed while I stood up on the stern to watch him and keep clear of the propeller. He weaved from side to side exactly like a tired swordfish, and every now and then he would stick out his bill and swish. He would cut at the leader. This fish was not only much larger than any I had seen, but also more brilliantly colored. There were suggestions of purple that reminded me of the swordfish, that royal purple game of the Pacific. Another striking feature was that in certain lights he was a vivid green, and again, when deeper, he assumed a strange triangular shape, much like that of a kite. That, of course, was when he extended the wide, waving sail. I was not able to see that this sail afforded him any particular aid. It took me an hour to tire out this sailfish, and when we got him in the boat he measured seven feet and six inches, which was four inches longer than any record I could find then. At eleven o'clock I had another in the boat, making four sailfish in all. We got fourteen jumps out of this last one. That was the end of my remarkable luck, though it was luck to me to hook other sailfish during the afternoon, and running up the number of leaps. I am proud of that anyway, and to those who criticized my catch as unsportsmanlike, I could only say that it was a chance of a lifetime, and I was after photographs of leaping sailfish. Besides, I had a great opportunity to beat my record of four swordfish in one day at Clemente Island in the Pacific, but I was not equal to it. I do not know how to catch sailfish yet, though I have caught a good many. The sport is young, and it is as difficult as it is trying. This catch of mine made fishermen flock to the stream all the rest of the season, and more fish were caught than formerly. 
but the proportion held about the same although i consider that fishing for a sailfish and catching one is a great gain in point still we do not know much about sailfish or how to take them if i got twenty strikes and caught only four fish very likely the smallest that bit i most assuredly was not doing skilful fishing as compared with other kinds of fishing and there is the rub sailfish are not any other kind of fish they have a wary and cunning habit with an exceptional occasion of blind hunger and they have small bony jaws into which it is hard to sink a hook not one of my sailfish was hooked deep down yet i let nearly all of them run out a long line moreover as i said before if a sailfish is hooked there are ten chances to one that he will free himself this one thing then i believe i have proved to myself that the sailfish is the gamest the most beautiful and spectacular and the hardest fish to catch on light tackle just as his brother the pacific swordfish is the grandest fish to take on the heaviest of tackle long key indeed has its charm most all the anglers who visit there go back again only the queer ones and there are many who want three kinds of boats and nine kinds of bait and a deep-sea diver for a boatman and tackle that cannot be broken and smooth calm seas always and five hundred pounds of fish a day only that kind complain of long key and kick and yet go back again sailfish will draw more and finer anglers down to the white strip of color that shines white all day under a white sun and the same all night under white stars but it is not alone the fish that draws real sportsmen to a place and makes them love it and profit by their return it is the spirit of the place the mystery like that of the little hermit crab which crawls over the coral sand in his stolen shell and keeps to his lonely course and loves his life so well sunshine which is the best of all for men and the wind in the waving palms and the lonely wandering coast with the eternal moan out on the reefs the sweet fresh tang the clear antiseptic breath of salt and always by the glowing hot colorful day or by the soft dark night with its shadows and whisperings on the beach that significant presence that sense of something vaster than the heaving sea light tackle in the gulf stream in view of the present controversy between light tackle and heavy tackle champions i think it advisable for me to state more definitely my stand on the matter of light tackle before going on with a story about it there is a sharp line to be drawn between light tackle that is right and light tackle that is wrong so few anglers ever seem to think of the case of the poor fish in borneo there is a species of lightning bug that tourists carry around at night on spits delighted with the novelty but is that not rather hard on the lightning bugs as a matter of fact if we are to develop as anglers who believe in conservation and sportsmanship we must consider the fish his right to life and especially if he must be killed to do it without brutality brutal it is to haul in a fish on tackle so heavy that he has no chance for his life likewise it is brutal to hook a fish on tackle so light that if he does not break it he must be followed around and all over chased by a motor-boat hour after hour until he practically dies of exhaustion i have had many tarpon and many tuna taken off my hooks by sharks because i was using tackle too light it never appeared an impossible feat to catch marlin swordfish on a nine-thread line nor sailfish on a six-thread line but those lines are too light my business is to tell stories if i can be so fortunate as to make them thrilling and pleasing for the edification of thousands who have other business and therefore less leisure then that is a splendid thing for me it is a responsibility that i appreciate 
but on the other hand i must tell the truth i must show my own development i must be of service to the many who have so much more time to read than fish it is not enough to give pleasure merely a writer should instruct and if what i say above offends any fisherman i am sorry and i suggest that he read it twice what weight tackle to use is not such a hard problem to decide all it takes is some experience to quote mr bates the principle is that the angler should subdue the fish by his skill with rod and line and put his strength into the battle to end it and not employ a worrying process to a frightened fish that does not know what it is fighting end of sailfish the atlantic brother to the pacific swordfish by zane gray